y'all, it's time for Rolling Dice and Taking Names. In this episode, the guys review Kites and Caesar sees Rome in 20 minutes. Plus, Ignacy visits Charlotte, and Tony has lots of great stories to tell, including Ignacy playing golf for the first time and the confusion around sausage biscuits. How can there be confusion around sausage biscuits? Hello, and welcome to another episode of Rolling Dice and Taking Names. This is episode 263, Life is a Highway. My name is Marty. And I'm Tony. And I want to ride it all night long, which I think I did. Yes, you did that. Woo, dude. Mm. I just recently got back on a trip to Montana. Not flying. No, 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 no. We're talking about renting a car, driving 34 hours from North Carolina to Western Montana, spending one day there, turning around and coming back. Hold on. Wait, I'm confused. Sure. But you went sightseeing along the way, right? Yes. The 34 hours is travel time, but it took us three days to do it. Okay. So you saw stuff along the way and uh, talking to your lovely wife, I hear that some things were great. Some things were just meh. Let's just say, do not make a special trip just to see Mount Rushmore in South Dakota. It is... Not as exciting as what you think it would be. There's a lot more interesting stuff to see near there in South Dakota. Badlands is one. Mm. Deadwood is a really cool Western town. If you're there, go see Mount Rushmore, but don't make Mount Rushmore your number one priority. Because we got there, we went, looked at it, and went, number one, that does not look like Abraham Lincoln. Vanessa swears it's Photoshop. She swears every picture... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> of Mount Rushmore is photoshopped because Abraham Lincoln looks like Modoc from Marvel. Okay. You can't see his beard. He doesn't wear a hat. And Teddy Roosevelt has his, his eyes are kind of cocked to the side. Like, why am I here? It is really bizarre seeing it in person to where the, the area around it's really cool. They got all the flags of 50 States. I got this big amphitheater where you can sit outside and they show you these videos of how everything was made and all about the different president. I mean, presidents and the gift shops really nice. It's just the actual structure. So we got there late at night and it's the sun already, already gone down. So we walk in there and we could barely see the mountain. I'm like, I think it's right there. And I said, aren't they supposed to have lights on this thing? So, Adam and Vanessa are quickly Googling. Yeah, they're supposed to have a light ceremony. I said, okay, well, that's why these people are here. So they have this video playing in this amphitheater that we can't see because it's packed. We are standing at the top. We can't see down into it. They, we hear them going through the video and then the video plays America the Beautiful. And then we look up. It's like somebody was just at a light switch and went click and a light came on. It's like, all right, there's Mount Rushmore. No big fanfare. You would think they have laser show or something. Ooh, boom, boom, fireworks or something. It's like somebody literally standing at a light switch and went click and turned it on. It's like, oh, all right, there they are. Budget cuts. There you go. <laughs> I guess. I want to go see it, but I appreciate you doing this legwork for me because you're right. I would want to go see Deadwood and Badlands and Rushmore. But Lincoln doesn't look like Lincoln. He's profiled. So what you're telling me is national treasure was a conspiracy in itself. So I can't remember. I remember national treasure one. I don't remember national treasure two. the city of gold where they go to Mount Rushmore and the language and they have to go vaguely. in vaguely. 
you don't watch it. That's because you're always streaming something. And me, who's on normal TV, when it's the summer, I can catch all these reruns of these fine movies. Uh, yeah. Uh, who knows? Maybe there is something. I mean, number one, it's impressive. It's impressive mm-hmm. to think that decades ago, somebody carved that into the mountain. It's really interesting to think about the process it took to make it. So anyway, it, it's just one of those things. After seeing the the National Park, the Badlands, which has these structures, these not not man-made structures, these structures have been, you know, millions of years to form. And you could just literally just walk around. You could you you could die. So when you walk in the Badlands, there's nothing keeping you from just like walking off the edge of a cliff to your death. That's the <laughs> way a park is, should be. That's it right there. Yeah. Nothing is fenced off. You want to go in there and venture, and nobody's ever going to come look for you if you do. <laughs> sort of deal. <laughs> and that's how the parks are in the, the Europe. They, if you're that dumb, <laughs> it's your own fault. We didn't do any of the hiking. Some of the hikes are like four-hour hikes oh, I would man. love to do. But it's only like two and a half miles. It's just the fact you got to climb a lot and all this stuff. I would love to do that. Honestly, the most impressive thing we saw was actually coming back. So here's the states that went through driving. North Carolina, Tennessee, Kentucky, Illinois, Missouri. And then we spent the night in Missouri, in Kansas City. We went through St. Louis, had St. Louis style pizza, which was amazing. I didn't know that was a thing, but it's really good. It's like really thin crust pizza. Mm. So we go to Kansas City, stay there. Then we drive, next day we go to Iowa, South Dakota, Wyoming, Montana. That's where we Mm -hmm. end up. Coming back, we look at the map. It's like, oh, wow, we can come back a different way. It takes the exact same time. So started in Montana, went to North Dakota, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Illinois, Indiana, Ohio, West Virginia, Virginia, North Carolina. That is 16 states. And three days before, Vanessa had to go get Brett down in Mississippi. So over 10 days, she actually went to 20 different states in this mm. U.S. No, no. <laughs> so anyway, the, the, one of the most interesting things ever. Have you ever heard, of the, ever heard of the Painted Canyon? Yes, I've heard of the Painted Canyon. I had not. Oh. So we're driving through North Dakota. And Vanessa said, look at that over there. It's like these gorgeous hills mm-hmm. i i don't i can't even explain it's one of those things as we capture pictures we said we can't explain how awesome this is because a picture just will not do it justice it's just vast lands but anyway we said what is that we google it's like the painted canyon and then all of a sudden we see a teddy roosevelt national park and then i said you want to go check it out yes. sure so we drove to the scenic route and it's like man this is just beautiful just awe-inspiring it's like wait a minute there's a trail that you can take a one mile hike down into the canyon and then back up a loop so we did that, and that was actually one of the best things we did on the trip. Mm. Again, one of those things, you could just go out into the Painted Canyon and live, and nobody would ever know. It's just miles and miles. I mean, the, the Badlands National Park is 244,000 acres. That's a, that's a few acres. Huge. So anyway, if you're in the U.S., visit the national parks. It's just some of the most gorgeous stuff, and it's one of those things I would never end up in North or South Dakota. So doing this was really cool. But life is a highway, my friend, as we were on there all night long and my butt got sore and gas was expensive and uh, I ate a lot of crappy food and gained a lot of weight. Well, I am glad you made it back. And I'm, I was very surprised you came back when you did because first off, I thought that you were going to be flying back. That was the original intent. Mm-hmm. So coming back from Southern Fry Gaming Expo, which was I have a lot, a lot of fun there. I'll talk about just a little bit of that in a second. I was supposed to pick up the rental car that had been reserved a month before. 
I get back into Charlotte. I said, okay, Adam, pull up the uh, address. We're supposed to pick up the car on Sunday. He said, uh, okay. Uh, he said, do you realize this is saying this closes at one and it's one Oh three. I went, excuse me. <laughs> I thought the car rental place closes at six. You're it closes speaking? at one on Sunday. We, yes, we made <laughs> reservations through Travelocity. We get home, we start calling budget and Travelocity. And they said, sorry, you don't have your car. I said, you do have our car. It's sitting there. Can we just pick it up tomorrow? Sorry, it's not in the system. There's a car on that lot <laughs> in Charlotte, North Carolina that was assigned to us today to pick up. This afternoon, I thought, I didn't know it closed at one. Can we just pick it up in the morning? No, we can't do it. We were on the phone with an, for an hour between Travelocity trying to help us out. And Travelocity did a great job trying to help us and budget. And I said, sorry. I said, all right, give us another car. Sorry, we don't, we don't have any cars left. I know you got a car left because there's one sitting there for us. <laughs> Give me the car. They would not do it. So now what are we going to do? We can't. I mean, they said, well, for $2,000, you can rent a pickup truck. It's like, no. Wow. I know. So I said, well, what are our other options? It's like, well, uh, here's a car. So we rented the car one way. The goal was to rent the car one way to Montana, mm -hmm. fly back. We've already bought airline tickets, by the way. So we said, well, what is, what's the other option? They said, well, you can rent a car round trip. I said, I don't need it round trip. And a round trip is even cheaper than one way. I don't understand why this is. I do. Okay. Because you're repositioning their fleet and it's very important for them to keep their allotment and they don't have to constantly, just think of the, the chaos. If people were driving their cars and dropping them off in all these different locations, they would never have the ability to figure out do we have cars to rent to people? They've got to, mm -hmm. to they, they need to discourage that. Yeah. Okay. okay. Well, they did. <laughs> so I said, well, what do we do here? Well, I got on Delta Airlines website and they're still doing with COVID and stuff. You know, airlines are very flexible right with now. canceling mm -hmm. flights. So we just basically canceled our Delta flight and got basically $1,200 credit, which is what we paid for the tickets to be used over the next year and a half. So we'll just go fly to Montana sometime to visit Adam. And we've already got the tickets paid for, mm -hmm. you know, pretty much. And so that's why we ended up going there and only spending one day there and uh, driving, driving back the next three days. I will say one cool thing. And uh, if you go to Badlands, make sure to stop at the Prairie Dog Feeding Farm. Oh, man. Dude, that was the cutest thing I ever saw. Here we, we thought, okay, this is going to be some sort of ripoff where you walk up to Gimmick. a- Where you walk up to a cage and feed one. No, you pull up in a parking lot and there's these prairie dogs just running all over the place. And so we get out of the car- Do you run over one? No, no, no. <laughs> that would have been- that would, I was going to say it would have been funny. Wouldn't have been funny. So you could buy some peanuts from there if you want to feed them. It's just mounds and mounds of their holes- and they just come up, and we've all seen prairie dogs. They sit up on their haunches and they look as cute as can be, and they chirp at each other and they play. And I found like some peanuts on the ground because we weren't going to stay there long. I said, I'm going to hand one to it. So I got a picture of me handing one to a prairie dog. It sniffed my hand, like looked at me, and just ran away. It's like he didn't want the peanut anyway. Cutest things ever. So we're in the Badlands at a scenic overlook, and I'm hearing these chirping things. And I thought, man, those birds are really loud. Across the street was like acres of these things mm. just out in the field and you'd see them pop up and just kind of look around and then dive back in a hole and they chase each other. Prairie dogs are the cutest things ever. I'm not going to dispute that. They are very, very cute. So I tell you what, why don't you use those miles and fly to Alaska? Take Vanessa to Alaska. 
Vanessa, we're like making the list of what states that we hadn't been to. We haven't been to Alaska yet. So who knows? Maybe we can do something like that. So I've, I've gone on and on about this. And it's probably one of those things. There's probably some really cool things I'm forgetting along the way. Maybe I'll throw them in later on. How many game stores do you go to? Zilch. I didn't have time. Mm, comic book stores? None. Did Adam get his stuff? Adam got his stuff. So the reason why we had to drive is because Adam needed to take his guitars back. His two guitars, his pedal board. And some other larger items that he just didn't want to put on a plane. And I don't blame him. So that's why we drove that stuff out there. There are these things called shippers. They can ship stuff. Yeah, I know. I know. But, but you needed to wanted, do this. You needed to do this. Vanessa wanted to do a cross-country trip. Again, we had not intended on driving back. That was never the plan until I pulled into Charlotte the day before we were supposed to leave. And Adam goes, they closed three minutes ago. And that's what kicked off the whole transition. <laughs> you talk about hectic around the Connell household. It was pretty hectic on that Sunday. Ooh. So, yeah. And I know that uh, what, what stinks is, is this all kind of came up all of a sudden because Ignacy, which we teased, was going to spend the time at my house, ending up staying with you. So later in the show, I can't wait to hear some Ignacy stories because I bet you got some good ones. His sometimes match yours. Yes, I, <laughs> I will say that. So yes, and that was amazing. So I can't wait to talk about that. Oh, by the way, you really didn't go across country. You stopped short. You do know oh, that. Oh my Lord. Okay, we were two states short. And we Those were are big di- states. We were going diagonally. I'm just, I'm just telling you. I know. No, you're right. You're right. Still. still. And Vanessa said we should have, because like, Adam City, Missoula is right on the border of Idaho. She said, we should have just gone over there and dipped our foot in it just to say we <laughs> went to Idaho, but we were that close to us. So, I mean, I guess we could have done something like that. And what gets me is you've done all this. And then next week we get to travel. Yes. As we'll be going to Gen Con uh, and the calendar is really booked up for all the meetings we're having at Gen Con. But one special meeting we're going to be having is on Saturday at the Ultra Pro. Ultra Pro, that's good. Mm-hmm. Out, Ultra Pro Booth is one of the sponsors of our show. Is giving us booth time from ten to one p.m. on Saturday. Tony and I are going to be hanging out, playing maybe some Ascension. People want to come out and see us. Maybe we'll have some giveaways. We'll probably take some moon pies. If you want a moon pie, something to eat while you're there, come by and see us. We'll give you a moon pie. Ultra Pro Booth from ten to one. Not exactly sure everything we're doing, but I, Tony just said, we'll just sit there and play Ascension for three hours, which sounds kind of fun. And maybe Ascension Tactics, since I never yep. get to play my copy here, so we can do that. Um, what we need to do, though, is we need um, Mr. Waybright from Man vs. Meeple to schlep our moon pies to us. Because I'm not packing moon pies because they've changed the box. I don't know if you know they've changed the box no. at Sam's. Yeah, they're no longer these flat boxes. They're these big square boxes. Well, here's the thing. I bought a brand new piece of luggage that is stupidly oversized, I can get them in mine. Mm, Okay. I'll take some and put them in mine because I'll give them out there and I'll have a lot of room coming back for maybe some games I pick up or something like that. So I can get those into mine because I know that was kind of a pain for David. David was a really sweet guy. did that for us. In fact, uh, David Waybright and his wife, Alicia, will be at our big uh, strike tournament. Uh, which now tickets are already, you know, uh, had a big run of tickets recently. Thanks to everybody who signed up. Uh, Blue Peck, Pink Peck is going to be there. Uh, Man versus Meeple. It's going to be a lot of fun. So hopefully you got a ticket and we'll be there on uh, Thursday. Why, why is this a pain? Wait a minute. Why is this a pain for Waybright? All I got to do is go on the Sam's app, ship it to the man's house. And when he comes oh. to, when he comes to Gen Con, put him in his car. 
Okay, maybe we can maybe we can organize that with him and get that done for us. Maybe that's the least he can do if I'm buying his dinner one night. That's fair. That's fair. Plus getting some great swag bags for miniature market um and ultra, ultra pro. pro. So if you don't get to see us at the strike tournament, come see us at uh the ultra pro booth from uh ten to one. Is that when I gotta be there? That's when you gotta be there. Are you sure? Do I there's a cat there's a calendar. We've been filling in calendars left and right. It's it's very structured. You like structured. I gave you structured. Do both of us have to be there? I was this part of the contract. I don't remember this. <laughs> I don't, so I don't know. Can I play? Can you play Ascension solo? I don't know about that. But what I'm thinking is, you know, maybe you know, I'm just trying to figure out how I can sleep in, chill out, all this good stuff. Well, you know, so you know me a long time for a freaking ever, and you know the one big. It doesn't matter what I'm doing. This is. My anxiety. I hate going on a trip. Once I'm there, I'm fine. But going is my anxiety. That's 100% me. I do not like traveling. I love the destination. I don't like getting there. So you're talking about anxiety of 34 hours in a car to get. Let me tell you what, dude. On Sunday, I was about to crawl out of the seat of the car. We're Mm -hmm. like five hours Four hours, 55 minutes. I've got Google Maps up. Four hours. It's like, Vanessa, I'm getting antsy. I've got to get home. I've got to get out of this car. I don't like traveling either. I understand. That doesn't bother me as much if I'm in the U.S., but when I'm the plane flights, going to the Uh, the airport has gotten. By the way, our local airport is opening up the new terminal. Well, by the time half of it, and they've moved all the gates. They keep moving the gates. Oh, it's it has become such a night. At least I'm not at Heathrow in London where 10,000 million gazillion luggage is. We picked up the rental car from the airport. The steps I took to get that rental car and my car parked without having to pay parking for that one, that 30 minutes where I had to go get my car. It was insane. So like, you know, coming back, we parked the rental car. I ran across a busy street to get to the long-term lot got my car, went to the cell phone lot, transferred stuff to my car, got in the rental car, took it back to the terminal, dropped it off, got in a shuttle to go back to the long-term lot to run across the street again to meet Vanessa. Okay, where do I live? Dude, you had Ignacy with you. But not at the time you were leaving. No. You know you were always welcome to park at my house an Uber. I wish I'd known that because yeah. that would have saved me $86. <laughs> well, guess what? When it's Gen Con. Is that what we're doing? You're parking at my house. We're Ubering to the airport where Donna will pick us up or Donna oh, will take us. Sweet. And then when we come home, we're going to Uber back over to the house. I love it because Sunday afternoon at the Charlotte Douglas Airport is insane. Yes. I've is. never seen the cell phone lot was Packed. <laughs> packed. Oh, it was bad. All right, enough of that. Enough of that. All right, so we're going to be at Gen Con Ultra Pro. Fantastic. So we got some brand new, exciting news to share with y'all. I've pitched another stupid idea to Tony. So this is relative. Brand new, exciting. This is relative to to, to who's hearing it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> it's brand new. To, it's exciting to you. Maybe not for others, but okay, let's go ahead. All right. In an effort to try to keep our episodes uh, reasonably short. It's Thank goodness. It's about freaking time. It, it has been tough with so many games that we talk about. And we love just getting on and talking with each other about trips to Montana and everything like that. that 
Sometimes we just run a little long and I know our goal has been for 90 minutes. So I pitched to Tony. I said, Tony, what do you think about doing an extra episode, maybe once per month? That's a 30 minute episode, non-edited with video. Here's what I mean. We pick a topic and basically as we're doing now, Tony and I are on uh, Google chat. We record us as we talk and then release it as a standalone episode. I like it because no editing on my part. Literally, I just, uh, if I want to put a header or trailer on it, I can do that. But no editing out us or mistakes or coughs or gaps and just put it out there. And what that get allows us to do is maybe there's a topic we want to talk about that we think might be too much for the regular show that we can possibly put on here. And in August, we're going to try that. And I pitched the idea of... I've been wanting to do this for a while. The best entry-level historical games. You and I have been getting into a lot of historical games recently. And I pitched the idea of maybe on one of our episodes to talk about it. But it's like, man, that, that will take a lot of time. So maybe in this special segment, we just talk about some games that we've played. We thought, hey, if you want to get into historical games, try this one or this one or this one. And maybe the reasons why we've been enjoying it. So yeah. that's what I'm kind of pitching as the first idea. But we could also do, think about it in the future, if we have some gross stuff to taste for taste buds, we can throw it in here. Mm -hmm. So people can see our reaction as we eat things that people want to see us eat. Kind of like what we did with Twitch. Uh, didn't we Twitch yes. that? Oh, yeah. Uh, we I did thought, Twitch that. I thought our first one was going to be Gen Con. So you have not read the show notes. <laughs> yes, I have read it. You did. So do you? did you read under episode 264 of doing what we used to do of taking our mics to Gen Con and recording each night what we did? And then I put those together for our episode. Uh, no, I did not read that far down. <laughs> he did not read, scroll down to the bottom part of the page. And now so I now, am. Mm. So now three years ago, we used to take our, our microphones and get people to come on and just talk about our daily events. Hey, on Thursday, we were here. We saw these games. Friday, we saw these games. And all of a sudden, you end up with a full episode. So we can do that in a hotel room at night. Mm -hmm. Come back. I stitch them together. And that would be our uh, Gen Con coverage episode. Actually, we did that with Mr. Rodney Smith, and we wouldn't let him go to bed until That's he true. did it. That's true. That's true. But it would just be you and I this time. Mm -hmm. and who knows? Maybe we'll find somebody else that just wants to say hey or something like that. We'll just kind of play that by ear. So that's what I was thinking for that. Uh, okay. Um, whatever. Just tell me when and where to be, and I'll, I'll do that. And, and that way, when we get back, uh, we won't have to rush and try to record an episode. It'll be done. I'm all for that. Because let's yeah, see. I thought yeah. you'd like that. Well, it's not, we need, life, life is a highway and we just need to take it slow. <laughs> I wrote it all night long. All right. So brand new episode coming out, uh, types of episodes to where it's going to be unedited, short, posted on our regular podcast channels and on YouTube. If you want to see it uh, that way. Also, one last travel thing that I want to mention is I did talk about going to Southern Fried Gaming Expo. I've been a big fan of this uh, con. Uh, this year was no different. Had an amazing time. Some incredible panels. I helped uh, to run the panels this year, the board gaming panels. The board gaming area was always 75% full. It's getting to the point where I talked to the people who run the con. They said, I said, you're going to need more room. At night, one night I went to play some games. I wanted to play some magic with my sons and we couldn't even find a table. We had to steal a demo. We had for somebody to finish a demo at a demo table so we could sit down at their mm -hmm. table. So the board gaming portion is growing like crazy. The video games are always amazing. And by the way, I've got to, I've got to, I got to give myself a shout out. Robotron for the first time. And probably since the eighties, I broke 300,000. 
Ooh. on the Robotron machine. I was padding. I was in the zone, man. You were I doing to, it. Like, it's one of those things that when I get into that uh, game, which is a twin stick shooter, I just meld with the machine and I see things and react that I'm not processing and thinking about. It's just it's just natural reflection uh, reflexes. And sometimes I play a game and only score 125,000. And then all of a sudden something clicks and then it's like, boom, 300,000. I went, holy crap, took a picture of it. It was such a good game. Love that game. I was never a fan of that game. Mm. This left, right thing, the left hand yeah. never knows what the right hand's doing. I just could not master that game. You do need left hand, right hand independence. Yes. No, it's not happening. So you run one direction, shoot the other sort of deal. Yeah, yeah. No, so doesn't anyway. happen. Uh, but the, the the video game portion was amazing. The, they, I didn't go to wrestling this year, but they said wrestling was great. The uh, the hot pepper tasting contest. Next year, it's already been announced. It's going to be July 28th, 29th, and 30th, which unfortunately is the week before Gen Con. Uh, so I'll be doing a lot of traveling then, the weekend before, then the weekend after we'll be going to Gen Con. But Southern Fry Gaming Expo, highly recommend you going. I met some people there uh, uh, who listened to us. It's on our Discord channel. And hung out with them for a bit. Our, our friend Bert was there. Ignacy was supposed to be there. He did not get to go because mm-hmm. um, he came down with COVID. Mm-hmm. The day he was supposed to come to the convention, he texted me. He said, yeah, I got COVID. I'm not going to be there this weekend, which stunk. Yes. But um, but but he's okay. That's, a, that's yes. a good thing. So with those dates, I will not be at there. I will not be at SFGE next year. Why is that? That's when Rebecca was born and we will be with her for her birthday. Oh, already. already, Yep. Already planned. And probably because that will be, that is when she'll be getting out of her release and who knows where she'll be moving to. So while you are heading to Atlanta, I'm leaving Atlanta because I had a industry meeting down there. Yeah. And let me just say, I, I wish I had stayed because First off, I flew to Atlanta. Atlanta is only four and a half hours from us, but uh, where I had or the industry meeting is in the South Side. Well, it's in Buckhead. And when I was heading back over to the airport, I'm on their rapid transit or MARTA. It's called MARTA, so it's their subway. And as we're heading towards the airport, the guy comes over the speaker and he doesn't do one of these, you know, for the next stop. He actually comes over and says, Can I have your attention? I'm like, Oh, no. Can I have your attention? The MARTA will be stopping one stop short of the airport due to a situation at the airport. Those of you needing to continue on to the airport, you will depart and climb on a shuttle. Oh! So first off, brain's kicking in. I'm like, oh, I'm okay on my flight times. Everything's good. Atlanta's, I know what uh, terminal I'm in if everything's going good here. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. That's fine. So we get, we get there and I'm like, well, at least the airport's not in trouble because they wouldn't put us on a shuttle if it was like a bomb scare or something like that. They'd keep us at, they'd keep us at the uh, substation, the subway station, not the substation, the subway station. So we get on the bus, we're heading over to the airport from college park to Atlanta international. Look it up. I could have walked from that subway faster than the shuttle. (laughs) That it, bad, huh? it was 45 minutes of traffic. Oh, geez. You know how you're seeing the airport and you're on a bus and it's like, yeah. just let us off. We can walk there. I just want to go right there. I, I just, see it. I <laughs> see it. It's just let me off. I can make it. 
There's a sidewalk. There's even a sidewalk. Let me off this bus with the 50 other people crammed in on this bus. I was like, oh, man. So so flying to Atlanta is about the same as driving between going to the airport, going through the gates, waiting on the plane. I'm just like, man. Because I-85 is, 85 is a mess. But anyway, that, that's too much travel talk. We we are a, it's a board gaming podcast, but we're not going to talk about board games. No, we're we? not. Because uh, we have the final drink that was sent to us. Uh, bacon s- soda with maple syrup is going to be on our taste buds segment, along with the salty treat from our good friend, BJ. Taste buds. Two incredible stuff. Taste buds. Two incredible stuff. Taste buds. All right, Tony, uh, our former strike champion, BJ. Mm-hmm. Uh, who was down in Louisiana, sent us some snacks. And these are called Cajun Pops. The, I love popcorn. And that's what this is. This is flavored popcorn. And he sent us two bags. One is king cake. Now, have you ever had king cake? Yes, love king cake. Oh, my gosh. Is it not the best? We sent uh, Adam Loves King Cake. And uh, this past, you know, it's big during Mardi Gras. And we sent mm-hmm. one to Adam in Montana. He said, oh, it was a hit. Mm-hmm. The authentic king cakes are really, really good. So we have a king cake flavored popcorn, which I think is going to be amazing, and boiled crawfish. Have you ever had boiled crawfish? Yeah, we went over this on the last show in a um, frogmore stew. Yes. Okay. Excellent. Excellent. So I'm assuming, I'm not sure what this will taste like, because crawfish is a shellfish, so it's going to taste a little bit like lobster, but I don't know. Mm-hmm. Again, we'll save that for, for last, because I think that'll be the probably most interesting. But first... Uh, bacon soda with maple syrup. Now, yep. the drinks that we've been sent so far haven't been that bad. I have a feeling. I don't know. I don't know about this one. What do you think? Good or bad? I got a feeling it is going to be okay. Okay. That's fair. I'm, That's I, fair. It's going to be like it's going to be like drinking a pancake. Very, very sweet with a little bit of saltiness from the bacon. Yes. It's going to be, yeah, something like that. You know, the maple, I, I think the maples will override the bacon. All right, uh, you ready to pop the top on this thing? Yep. Bake. This is in a bottle, so I got a bottle open here. Gonna pop it. Here we go. Wow, that smells uh, like bacon and maple syrup. <laughs> it smells like maple syrup. Okay, this is gonna be super sweet. It's gonna be strong, baby. All right, here we go. Let's try this bad boy. All right, let's do it. I'm not getting bacon. I'm getting nothing but maple syrup. Oh, that's, oh, I can stomach a lot. I can stomach this, but oh, no, thank you. I No. No. Ooh, I'll, I guess oh. There's a, ooh. Maybe there's a hint of bacon. No. It's all maple syrup. It's, um. Woo. you know how uh, cream sodas can be sickingly sweet? Mm-hmm. Like, I can't drink a whole, I love the taste of cream soda, but it gets too sweet after a while. That's what this will be. After about three sips, I, I can't do any more. Yeah, Lester's, Lester's Fixins, bacon soda with maple syrup. Y'all got your fixins. I mean, I guess it could have been worse. It could have been like sausage gravy or, or something like that. I got a story about that, by the way. I can't wait for the story. All right, so it's No, okay, it's I'm fine. done. 
I'm done. It's fine. It is super, super sweet. Ooh, let's, uh, let's run if a you diet. Like sweet, if you like sweet drinks. Let me get I some unsweet. Let me put a Diet Coke in here or a full test Mountain Dew. All right. Let's pop. Let's pop open the Cajun Pop King Cake. Vanessa has been super excited about this. So uh, I'm going to be honest. So you already Don- opened it. Donna opened it. Okay. She said, what are y'all tasting oh, tonight? She, oh. I go, I showed her all this. So she, I watched her face when she tasted the bacon soda. Mm-hmm. And I said, okay, this will be fun. She goes, oh yeah. And then I watched her eat these popcorns. So um, she's like, okay. Just, she said, that's fine. You ready? Uh, so what's interesting is looking at this popcorn, it's actually, so if you've never seen the king cake, uh, king cake is... Uh, how would you, it's almost like the consistency of maybe like a cinnamon roll, mm-hmm. the cake itself. Mm-hmm. And then it has the icing on top. And yeah. it's usually either uh, like uh, sugar, vanilla, or cream cheese. I love the cream cheese the best. So this has like a little icing mm-hmm. on the uh, popcorn itself. And it's got so, the, the green, you have the green and the red and the, and the sprinkles across yep. it. So, yep. This is going to be right, so go. good. This is going to be good. Oh, yeah. Mm. Oh, yeah. It's as sweet as that soda. Mm. I think the soda may be sweeter. That's good. Is it? I like it. I'm not. I love salt and sweet together, and there's enough salt on the popcorn. No. No. No? Still no. too sweet for you? This, yeah. This isn't, mm-mm. Okay. It's not doing anything for me, so. It's a taste like, it doesn't really taste like king cake, per se. It's just a... It's almost like a glazed popcorn. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, man. I mean, I appreciate BJ, but it's not tripping the trigger, you know? All right. Well, you know what? Maybe boiled crawfish will. This is a smaller bag. This should be sweet at all. This should have no taste. You don't think so? Mm-mm. It's got red. It's got some seasoning on it. Um, what's it smell like? It's kind of like, it's not a paprika. Maybe. Ready to try it? Yep, let's do it. Here we go. Uh, crawfish boil. Here we go. Hmm. Got a little heat on it. Not much. I guess I can tell the flavor they're going for. I can't. I mean, I, I prefer that over the king cake. I like, yeah. the, I like the hint of the heat that's coming through. You know what this tastes... All right, so... Um, Ooh, it's got the, some good se- the seasoning they put on this stuff, uh, another very popular one, is Zatarans. Mm, or, Zatarans. Or, or, or Old Bay, mm-hmm. which is like seasoning you put on like in boils. Mm-hmm. That's what this tastes like. This tastes like the seasoning that you put on it as opposed to the crawfish itself. Mm, that's, that's good. Got, to me, yeah. it's got like a cheesy flavor to it. Yes, Hundred percent agree. Mm. And, and my taste buds are not refined. Refined. Mm. They're amazing, but they're oh. not. Whew, I like that. I love salt. That's a good. Right. That's a good deal there. So we've all about caught up on everything that's been sent to us. Thanks to everybody who sent us something. No, now. we haven't. We still got oh. some. We still got some bugs to eat. And tomorrow night, I actually had to bring you our good friend from Asthma Day. Oh yeah. Sent sent us some Japanese Kit Kats. Mm. Some different flavor Kit Kats. So that might be interesting. Okay. Some Japanese flavor Kit Kats. All right. Taste buds. Bacon soda with maple syrup. Too sweet. 
just just too sweet. Uh, king cake, I liked Tony. Not a fan. Boiled crawfish is almost like a spicy, cheesy popcorn, which uh, we both enjoy. You know, Tony, how every month Ultra Pro has a special color? I love the color for August, royal purple. Purple has always been one of my favorite colors. And the color that the purple they've picked is just absolutely gorgeous. They have sleeves and deck boxes and dice. And the, the tech boxes are either translucent or they have the nice deck towers, which uh, my sons really love, the satin towers, or the portfolios. I may have to grab some of these purple ones while we're at Gen Con because I just think that color is so, so nice. They got a brand new alcove dice tower, which is like a little portable dice tower. So if you go in to play some RPGs or something like that, little dice tower that uh, unfolds and it has a little tray at the bottom for catching your dice. Or, hey, what happens if you maybe want to uh, play magic online? You know, there's a way to do that, Tony, where you take pictures of the cards and you can play with people. They have something called the Spell Table Camera Stand. That is, uh, Spell Table is actually the site that you use to play Magic Remote. And it's a little clip that you can clip to the table and then it'll hold your phone with like a flexible arm so that you can put it over the card and you can see the card and Spell Table can detect what kind of card it is. So even if your camera's not that great, the other person can zoom in and see what kind of card it is. So that's available out there. Uh, a lot of great things uh, from Ultra Pro. The purple, I'm really into. I gotta pick up some of those, uh, especially because I'm playing a character in Arkham Horror right now whose base color is purple. So I'm gonna pick up some of those sleeves and resleeve my deck. To find out more, head over to ultrapro.com. Five minute initiative begins in three, two, one. Friends, Romans, lend me your ears. I am not. Countrymen. Huh? Is it friends, Romans, and countrymen? And country. It's not worth $5, and I'm not giving it to you. Okay. If I, if I messed that up, and that was from Shakespeare, wasn't it? Uh, we're just wasting five minutes is all we're doing. Uh, no, we're not. This is, this is Caesar. Seize Rome in 20 minutes. Designer Paulo Mori from PSC Games. And this designer has a lot of great games under his name. One I just played recently, Ethnos. Amazing designer. Pandemic Fall of Rome. One of my favorite versions of Pandemic. Libertalia, which we recently covered. Blitzkrieg, which is like a, a 20-minute war game that we covered a couple years ago that came out. This is kind of a follow-up to that. Right. So this, this is a 20-minute game where two forces are battling it out to try to be the ultimate legion. It's Caesar and Pompey. Mm -hmm. You're pulling from a bag, a unit, and deploying it. And you're trying to get control around an area. When you first taught me this, I was like, okay, I'm not understanding this. And then I, as we were playing it, I'm like, holy cow. If I do this, you're going to get control. So I need to not do that. But I really want the control over here. It was like checkers on steroids for me. Yeah, it's it's an abstract game. It, it really is. Even though it has a theme of, you know, you're battling against each other. You're drawing these three tokens from a bag. The tokens have two values on them. And you're placing them on a map on borders of the provinces around the map. And the provinces have a certain number of spots these tokens can go. And mm -hmm. when you place a token... One number will be uh, along the edge of one province 
and the other numbers on the uh, edge of the adjacent province. If there's, let's say there's three spots around a province that a token can go. If I'm the last person to put a token in that province and take that last spot, there's a center token that has a special ability that's put out randomly in each province at the beginning of the game. It may make your hand size bigger, give you the Senate, which allows you to store some extra control markers, et cetera. And what you do is if you're the last person to place a token, you get that. But then you add up the strengths. You add up your opponent's strengths, your strengths. Whoever is higher gets to put a control marker in that province. The goal of the game is to run out of control markers by controlling more provinces than your opponent. So you're sitting there as you're doing this, you're trying to figure out how you can chain provinces. Mm-hmm. Which you did a good, you kicked my butt. You did a good job lucky. of putting in, you did a good job of putting, it was like checkers. You know, and sometimes in checkers, you force your opponents to make moves that you they don't really want to make or can only make. Mm-hmm. You did a good job of that, of leaving me with like, wow, no matter where I go, he's going to get to put the last token down in the province and get that special ability, which was really helpful sometimes. Or force you to make that decision. Do I want to give that up to you? Because mm-hmm. I know if I do this, then it's going to chain for you. And I don't want you to chain, but maybe you don't have that particular army in your in your hand to be able to play. Because there's different values and strengths of armies. Some Some are weaker than others. And then how you put it on the board. Maybe there's there's a token that's uh, like a five and a two. I was like, I'm going to concede and give Tony this province here. So when I put this token, I'm going to put the two on the side for that province and put the five on the adjacent one. And hopefully I can get that one. So for me, this game, if you're looking for a quick two-player game, thoroughly enjoyed it. Easy to explain, easy to teach. Matter of fact, just if you've got somebody there, just say, you know, hey, draw some tokens and place them on the board and you'll see what happens. This is a learning game. Promise you'll be back again. So so I, I highly recommend this. Yeah. I mean, it's a straightforward. I told you the rules. Uh, draw some tokens, place a token. If it's the last token place, take that center ability, add up strengths, put a control marker. Game goes until somebody's run out of tokens that they lose or the first person to get all their control markers out onto the board uh, is going to be the winner. And it starts out kind of slow, but it gets extremely intense. Mm -hmm. And uh, a little more thinky as the game goes on, as these slots fill up on the map, you got to really start putting a lot of thought into the game. And each player has the same amount of tokens and strength. Yeah. 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 Different, same strength, same sounds simple. Yes. But it is the strategy. It's the memory. It's how are you going to manipulate the battlefield so that you are the ultimate victor. So that is Caesar. Caesar. That's hard to say. Caesar sees Rome in 20 minutes from PSC Games, a follow-up to Blitzkrieg. They're totally different styles of games, but both are worth being in your collection. Five-minute initiative is complete. As Marty mentioned, he went out of town and stressed me out. I threw a wrench in the works. Yeah, he did. I was not sure how you and your wife were going to take it. We took it fine. I was very excited for Ignacy coming to town. It's one thing when you have your, your, your normal friend, you, for instance. You've known me forever and, and have you come over to the house. I don't worry about having to scrub the toilets. Sure, of course. I don't mind pooping in dirty toilets. 
if you're pooping in my house, we need to talk about this. <laughs> you know, as soon as I said poop, I should have said, I thought I should have said pee. But yeah. Yes. So, you know, but when guests are coming from another country, mm-hmm. woo, that stress and level. And it's two guests. It's Ignacy and his son. Yes. Alex or Oleg. That's a, mm-hmm. they said either name. I said, okay. And then of course my wife, she is fine. She's like, I'm, I'm excited to host. And she was looking forward to this. And she was like, okay, so when's he getting here? And I was like, okay, he's coming in on Friday. One thing about this show that people may have noticed is we're kind of, we don't have a lot of games because Marty disappeared. But that does not mean there weren't a lot of games played because Ignacy got to come to my house and completely decompress. Uh, And I was worried. And I was worried too, Marty, that just sitting around playing games with a game designer and a guy who runs a game company... Mm -hmm would be boring for him. Yeah. It would like be, oh, really? This is what I do for my job. If you want, I mean, hey, well, for you, for you, hey, Marty, we're going to come over to my house and code? Yeah. No, I get that. I get that. Yep. But no, he was like, yes, let's play some games. I said, okay. Friday night, as, as he's decompressing him and his son, we, we break out. My wife is going to play with us, so I know what, what level I need to play. We played Bonanza and Six Nymphs. Two of your favorite games. Two of my favorite card games, Ignacy and Bonanza. Mary will not play that game with him. Does he get a little bit uh, excessive? He gets, he is, he's competitive. He's a competitive man. He is a competitive guy, yes. And he he doesn't pull any punches. He will talk smack. Oh, yeah. English and in Polish. So you're sitting there, <laughs> what, what did you just <laughs> say to me? Say? Well, you better bring that. Alexa. <laughs> what does this mean? <laughs> Uh, we were doing that all weekend. We were having a blast with her. See how well, and she, if you ask her to convert, Hey, Alexa, say hello in Polish. She goes, hello in Polish is Kuma. Or, and I was like, huh? And, but anyway, that's another story. So anyway, he was very competitive. He called us the worst Bonanza players ever. I was fortunate to come back on Sunday and you guys were nice enough to come out and meet me and Vanessa at uh, McAllister so I could at least say hey to him and stuff. And that's one of the first things he said that you, y'all were the worst Bonanza players ever. We were too nice, too yeah. nice to one another. That was not how Bonanza was to be played. We were having fun. We were f- having fun with it. Mm, sure. So it was not a problem. And then um, six Nam, that was just a fun little game. Other games we got to play include um, Dune Imperium, which you are not a fan of, are you? I don't understand that game. I just, I do not, I think I would want, I'm, I need to keep playing it to understand yeah. it. And you know how when you play people, I got to play with the expansion board. So Kevin Barrett came uh, over on Saturday mm-hmm. and joined us so that we could, you know, have four at the table. And he brought it with the expansion board, which added, took away the top part of the board. And I don't remember what the underneath of the board looks like. Sure. But I remember the one thing that bothered me about that game. And that was, I couldn't ever figure out how to call the hand. Oh, yeah. I remember that was one of the things when we reviewed the game, we had an issue with it. Culling was tough. Culling was tough. I know there's an action that you can take to yep. do that. And I'm watching Kevin play, and he's played a lot. It's one of those things where he's he understands how everything ties together. And I kept saying, okay, I gather some spice. Your turn. Oh, okay, I'm going to do this. Okay. And he's over there. I'm going to play this and this and this. I'm like, how are you doing that? What are you doing? I don't understand. So I lost terribly in that, but Ignacy and his son had a big time with it. They were all very competitive. I was just. Have they, have they played it before? Oh, yeah. Okay. 
Al- Alex was looking forward to that. He really wanted to play Dune. So I'm like, sure, let's do it. I'll give it another try. Yeah. So, so Dune Imperium um, yeah. was on the table. Then, of course, see, this is what I wish if he had been at your house. So I have a closet of games. Mm-hmm. So how much pressure would you have been under to have a designer walk into your, a board game publisher walk into your house and be able to peruse your shelves? I, it wouldn't bother me. I don't, I don't, what kind of anxiety? Well, he, man, he'd look at me. I know he wouldn't. Ignacy is an incredibly kind gentleman. He would not look at me. This game, this game, stupid. You know, I could, uh, no, he wouldn't do that. Just, I was sitting there thinking, it, does he, is he going to think I'm a lightweight? All the ticket no. to rides? No. You know? No. No. As long as you got some of his games on the shelf, I think that's all that matters. So, so yes. So I did this. Uh, actually, this is um, how my game shelves are a lot. You know how in a bar or in a, every, the, the best drinks are on the top shelf? Sure. Top shelf. Yep. That's where his games are. <laughs> nice. <laughs> <laughs> so all his games are across the top shelf. And he's like, well, why are they so hard out of reach? I go, Ignacy, they're the top shelf. They're the best. I'm sure he appreciated that. I know. Of course, he's the, he doesn't drink, so he might not get the reference. Uh, true. And so he's looking, he's, and he goes, kindly, he said, and he's going, looking over him, and then he's going, okay, okay. I said, oh, and there's some in the garage. He goes, in the garage? Oh, yeah, I got some. And Donna goes, yes, there's spillover. And there's some in this room, and there's some in this room. Mm-hmm. So we go in the garage, we're looking, and he looks at me, it's hot. So they're not used to our heat, not used to that heat. And humidity. And hum- oh, the humidity. That was fun. Because I was going to take him on to the lake, and he's like, no. <laughs> really? He didn't want to go out in the heat? Didn't want to go out in that heat. They had had an, they, So that's another thing. They were happy to be inside in the air conditioning. Yeah. And then, of course, so he says, what game would you play? What's your favorite game? Let's play oh. your favorite game. And so Pillars of the Earth at mm, the table. Classic. And he goes, Yes. This is, this is a classic. He says, it is so elegant. Yep. The board, the artwork is amazing. They need to, re, you know what? They need to re-release that game. A lot of classic games are being re-released. They did. I know, but it didn't really catch on. And you can't, it's hard, still hard to find now, isn't it? I don't know. Um, I've never looked at it. What they didn't re-release was the expansion for five or six players. Ah. Uh, and so he goes, well, uh, he goes, well, well, let's play with the expansion board. Do you have the expansion? I said, yes. And I go, but we only have three players. So, you know, a game you haven't played in a while, so you're pouring over the setup. And so mm-hmm. I'm having to do all that. But yeah, so we played with the expansion. He killed us. We, we could not stop the metal juggernaut that he was. He's, he's, a, he's a good, I mean, he's a designer, so he can probably see games and know exactly what needs to be done in order to, to be competitive. Right. And then he, he goes, so I want to play this one. I didn't remember it well enough. Yep. So I said, let me look over the rules. And I was taking a little too long. Which one? Was, pillars? Uh, no, I knew pillars. I was, oh. I was quick and easy. I only messed up one little rule and he found it in the rule book. But, um, the one he pulled, he pulled one off the shelf cause he wanted the designer. He knows the designer. And I'm like, I just don't remember it well enough. I have a flow chart. What game? Uh, uh, raccoon tycoon. Oh, okay. Yeah. Ah, that's a good game too, man. Whew. It is. And I'm like, I, it's going to take me longer to remember this. And he says, okay, well then I'll pick one. So he pulled Ethnos down. Nice. Covering a game by uh, the same designer in the show. Exactly. Ethnos. Why don't we play that more? I love, isn't that a good game? I don't, I wonder if you can find that still. That may have been stopped 
being produced. Well, he, Ignacy, you know, told us that story. He says, you know, it did not sell very well. It had dark cover art. The art wasn't stand out. The pastel pieces. He says yep. there was a lot with it, even though the mechanics of the game are so solid. Yeah, damn man. You remember when that game came out? We played it over and over mm-hmm. again. That is so good. I was just looking on Miniature Market. It is out of stock there, so I don't know if it's being made anymore. It's from Simon. Right, and I don't think it is because it did not yep. sell well for them. It did not sell well for him in Poland. Well, that's, inter- that's interesting because it was a hot game when it came out. Mm-hmm. Ethnos was a big deal when it came. It was just a you know a uh, you know it caught fire early, but didn't have legs. That might have been it. It didn't have legs. It didn't hold on. And like he was saying, it's just it. Does, it's not one of those that catch you. You walk in, you're going to see like some of the big miniature games or something that stands out. And here's this gray bluish box. It's like, yeah. what is this? You know? But oh man, that was so. And I actually won that. So we all won one day. Oh, good. Did you get to play any of his games, though? So I wanted to play Robinson, yep. but no, I didn't because I wanted Donna to play Robinson with him. Yep. But she's like, I can't. And I said, why not? She's like, I just, because, and he started laughing. He's like, she doesn't need to. She goes, that game is just so mean. And he starts laughing. Yep. So, but we did get to play a game we talked about with him, Brazil. Yeah, so this is coming out at Gen Con, and this was the one I was super jealous of <laughs> uh, because he was supposed to be at Southern Fry Gaming Expo. He got the vid, and so I did not get to play. So will it be worth my wait? Oh, yeah. Okay, good. So I'm going to sum it up pretty easy here. So his son taught it. The next day, we went to a local gaming store, and I taught it. I love games like that where it's just really easy to pick up, but but once you start playing, there's a lot of, meat to it maybe oh yeah there's a lot to explore as you're going and we didn't play the uh, with some of the uh, advanced rules Mm. but i mean it's simple mechanics you're just going to do these actions you're going to explore you're going to try to generate some resources you're going to try to develop some um in-game goals you've got to go through the three ages first person to make it through the third age with their goals game immediately stops sum it up Total up the victory points. Done. Oh, but wait, there's some conflict. Because, of course, it's a, a, a 4X style game. I was going to ask you, so as, as teased as a 4X, does it really cover all the Xs? Exploration, exploitation, exterminate, etc.? The exterminate, we didn't really do because some of the advanced rules help you with that. Ah, okay. But there is parts where you will do battle to take over other players' cities. Excellent. Excellent. I can't, I can't wait for this. And I've already told him, I said at Gen Con, I want to make sure we get a copy because I want to cover, I want to play it and cover it as soon as we can. That's just one of the games I've been really anxious for. And like I said, it is one of those games where you are, there's, there's cards that help break moves. There's some hard decisions you have to make. But once again, it was Alex taught me and I was able to teach the people at the game store. That, that should tell you something, especially if I'm able to do it. That's good. In fact, uh, I think you said that you might have to help demo at Gen Con. I will probably, I will help them. Oh, you know, I love doing that. Yeah, I know you do. I know you do. And here's the thing. Uh, last week, they teased a brand new game coming out at uh, Essen, which I think you got to play also or check out a list, at least a little bit of it, right? Yes, Basilica. You remember that game, the, the Academy, the game with the paints, the Academy? The game with the paints, the academy. The aca- oh god! I, see, I had it. I didn't write it down. I looked the one at with it. the marbles. 
No, it's it was the one where you and I were playing two player where we would play a card in a row or a column. Abstract Academy. Abstract Academy. Thank, thank you. Yes. So think of Abstract Academy. Okay. With player powers. Okay. And hard decisions. I mean, harder decisions, and other than just playing a card, two two player, two, two player. Excellent. So that sounds cool. So basically, my pitch: you got tiles that you're putting out that will connect to colors, create an area, and a five by infinite. So uh, okay, all right. So it's constantly growing. So you can either play the tile for the color, or if you play on the other side, you play the power that's on the tile. So if you remove a tile for and place the color, then the tile that has the power flips over to the color and a new tile comes out and there's always your choice of six tiles. Okay. So you're trying to get area control. You're trying to use special powers. You're trying to be mean. And at the end of a round, you see who has the most control of the various colors. You score points on that. And then you wipe off two of the rows Mm -hmm. and start over. That's the game. Very simple, very straightforward. Another one. Another one I could probably teach. Excellent. So that's coming out of Essen? I believe that is correct. Is he going to be demoing that at Gen Con? Uh, he, 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 he has it. So yes, he will be demoing it. Yeah. But Ignasi, unlike you, was not as fortunate. I mean, you at least for you, your car, you didn't get to is your mistake. Yeah. So I'm sure Ignasi has a story to tell there on his show. So I don't think we should spoil it. You don't? Okay. No, I I will say listen to Board Games Insider because almost guaranteed Mm -hmm. Ignacy will share a story, and it'd be best if you heard it from him about his car. And if he has, if he hasn't said anything, hit him up and say, "Hey, tell us about uh, the car incident in Atlanta Mm -hmm. on your episode." They don't have cicadas in Poland. What did he think of that when he heard them? Well, he was sitting on on my uh, porch, Uh screened-in porch, and we're sitting out there. It's early in the morning, just chilling. He's having his tea. And it's cool, the ceiling fan. He's like, this is nice. Mm-hmm. And then there's, there's this loud noise. I'm like, cicadas. What? And I'm like, very big crickets. Oh, okay. <laughs> but as you know, and your favorite part was, I took him to a thing called Top Golf. Oh my gosh. So explain Top Golf for those who don't know what it is, because it's not a golf course. It is not a golf course, it is a driving range. It is a driving range that is usually three tiers with this huge net around it. You go up to the tee box, wave a club, a ball comes out, you tee it up. It's got a little GPS tracker in it, which amazes me that they have that. Where was this when I lost all those golf balls when I played golf? (laughs) Yeah, exactly. And you are playing games. You're trying to hit targets, or you can play courses, or you can play angry birds, or you can just hit the snot out of the ball, and it tells you how well you've done, how far it went, what, and you can score points. So my wife, Ignacy, his son, and I went, and keep in mind, Alex and Ignacy, have never played golf. So good. And you got video of this that we've got to put together and post somewhere. Um, I'm working on it tomorrow. So uh, the only reason why I haven't finished it is because I need to cut it down for our Discord channel. I'm going to release it there first. And then I'll then you can have the full edit. You saw you, uh, you showed me a clip. Was that his first ever swing? Oh, God, no. That was near the end. Oh, that's after he had gotten better. <laughs> okay. Okay. 
I thought I saw his first ever swing. That's nope. hilarious. Donna has that. Nope. Uh, Donna, that's on oh. Donna's phone. So it's one of those things as he looks at me and goes, how is it so hard to hit a ball sitting still with a stick? I remember he told me that night at McAllister's, I think he has a new appreciation for the sport of golf. As, as it went on, he was getting better. He was hitting the ball stronger. I had to help Alex because he was cross-handing his grip, which means he was putting the wrong one on top of the other one. I don't know how you swing like that. And so we had to work on that a little bit. Yeah, okay. So wait a minute, I guess he's never swung a bat, I guess. I don't know. Maybe he's never swung any sort of club type or stick type sport. They, they were getting better. It's the same thing with all golfers or people learning to play golf. It's learning how to pull the sw- it's push and pull the club and to keep down on the ball and don't worry about where it's going to go. It's going to go if you hit it. That's so if you're if you're missing it, you're not you're not you're looking before you hit it. So we were having some issues there, but it was a blast. He didn't fall off. That was my biggest fear. That's good. Yep. Yeah, that would be a bad tumble. Yeah. There's a net there. He didn't ask me what that net was for, so I didn't talk to him about, you know, that's in case you fall off the platform. It'll catch yep. you. So he didn't hit anybody. He didn't throw his club. My wife did that good. the first time she good. played. Yeah. So we had a blast with that. We went to Carolina Tabletop. He We demoed there. He had a big time. And he was impressed with our thunderstorms. Ah, nice. I was. I took him to Uptown Charlotte. And in doing that, we drove for two miles. We hit this intense rain and we were out of it. He's like, what is that? That's called a southern summer southern thunderstorm. It was a blast. I'm so I'm so thankful he stopped. I appreciate. Okay, him wait, 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 what food? Oh, food. What you? What? Yeah, come on. I gotta hear about some food. All right. So we did it. The biggest thing we did was I I, I made him barbecue. I smoked a smoked a butt for him on the on the grill. So he got some. That, that's a pork butt for pork people butt. who are wondering. Yes, thank you. Um, my wife made pimento cheese sandwiches, grilled pimento oh, so cheese. Good. So good. Mm-hmm. They loved those. Breakfast was always um, a Polish breakfast, which was basically eggs and tomato. No, you're supposed to give them a Southern breakfast. Okay. So a Southern breast, be, uh, Southern breakfast. So I did that one morning. Grits? Did he get grits? No. Why? Because I don't eat grits. I don't care. You're sp- oh my gosh. Y'all. All y- there's, oh, you're supposed to have grits. We talked about it and said, why would I feed you paste? Oh, my Lord, because you don't know how to make them. My wife needs to make them because they're good and creamy. Well, that's because they're full of fat. Butter. Butter, yeah. And milk. So I made him a sausage biscuit. He got it. He was eating it. I go, and he goes, what's this? I say, it's a sausage biscuit. No, it's not. Yeah, it is. <laughs> that's what, he goes, no, a sausage is round. This is a hamburger. Oh, you mean like uh, round, like a links, uh, like a brat, a brat. Uh, how do you say brat? It? brat? Yeah. yeah, or okay. or sausage links. Sausage link, yes. A kibasa or something yes. like that. That's sausage. This is hamburger. No, this is okay. We do sausage patties here. We do both. To be we fair, both. we do both. We do both. Yes, but this is a sausage. It's almost like uh, for those who don't know, it's like the consistency of ground beef but pork. With some seasonings in it. Yes. And I kept it mild. He's not a big spice fan. I knew this. And then a biscuit, of course, as you, if anybody watches Great British Bake Off knows, it's a cookie. Yes. He discovered bread in a can. Wait a minute. You didn't make him homemade biscuits? We were more, we were having, well, it's grand. Oh my gosh. Ignacio's got to come back. 
No, you don't understand. Grands are just as good. buttermilk biscuits. I'm sorry. Pillsbury does it better than anybody. Oh, my Lord. Or at least a Bojangles biscuit. Pillsbury does it just as good. No. Yes. Not as good as a Bojangles biscuit. The whole thing of biscuits coming out of a can was awesome. So they don't have that there. Well, of course, they don't have biscuits there because a biscuit would be good. So if you would have told him... What are we having for breakfast? And you would have told him a sausage biscuit. He would have pictured a kielbasa on a cookie. Yes. Okay. <laughs> a round piece of meat on a cookie. Okay. And that was not what it was. So we were eating peaches and fruit and doing all kinds. And what? Oh, so now let's get to the real taste buds. So he got to experience, well, his son, I had him do something that you love doing. Watermelon with salt. Oh, oh, watermelon. Uh, Do they have watermelon? Yeah, there? but not, okay. but they've never had it no. with salt. Oh. That's a Southern thing, I think. I don't know. Probably, maybe. I don't know. Hey, if you're listening to the show, hit us up on our Discord channel or on social media. Is If you're not from the South, do you put salt on watermelon? I was thinking it was on that YouTube channel, that the Southern YouTube channel. Channel. Yeah. I think they they talk about it. Okay. He was like, this is so good. Yep. I understand it makes it sweeter. It brings out some of the sweetness. He's like, yep. yes, it does. And I said, okay. So he accomplished that. So he enjoyed that. But the biggest thing was, well, uh-huh. they both got to try great Pop-Tarts. Yes. Fans? Fans. It wasn't as sweet as they thought it was going to be. Good. Well, that's probably good. But here's the best thing. Yeah, I can't wait. So Alex wanted to try Donuts, American donuts. Oh, nice. So I stopped at Krispy Kreme. Of course. And Dunkin'. They're side by side on Highway 51. I picked up. For comparison. For comparison. So I picked them up. That was not hot now. I said, we will try these tonight. So I got them. I heated them both up and put them on the plate. I knew which was which. Okay, sure. And he tried them. What do you think won? I would hope the Krispy Kreme, but I fear it's going to be Dunkin'. Krispy Kreme, hands down. Bravo! And he didn't even have a hot now. If he'd have had a hot now, he would have lost his mind. He had a microwave in now. But I'm just saying, when it comes off, when it comes off the belt, and you eat it there, and it just melts in your mouth, it's like sugar air. He was like, "This is so good." Oh, nice! I said, "That's why I bought two of those and only one of those." <laughs> yeah, for all you Dunkin' Donut fans, get out of here! It's Krispy Kreme. But uh, there's something else that I saw on uh, yes. uh, Twitter that he posted. You turned him into something else uh, that's from the South that he enjoyed. Actually, it was my wife. Because ah. he, he loves Dr. Pepper. Loves okay. Dr. Pepper. And she goes, okay. And he goes, I love cherry Dr. Pepper. And she goes, have you, oh. ever, have you ever had cheer wine? He goes, no, what is this? And she goes, all right, he'll get you a cheer wine. So when we were at the game store, Rob has cheer wine in the cooler. Sure. So I... Got him a cheer wine. Oh, that was his new, oh, that's his new love. Cheer wine was so good. I said, yep, it is. It's very bubbly too and very compressed. So yeah. a, lot of, a lot of bubbles in that stuff. So he loved the cheer wine. And, and that's one thing about this visit. It was so interesting as we were talking back and forth about things, just the differences, just the mm-hmm. subtle differences. And it was, I appreciated their time. I loved having them there. I loved um, playing the games and everything. I hate that you missed it, man. I hate that you miss it. 
Yeah, at least I'll get to see him at Gen Con. Do we need to take uh, Alex some uh, cheer wine? If you want to put in your luggage with the moon pies or however, we can do that. I do know one thing that we have to do that I could not find, but I found them today. And those are, he wants to try Twinkies. Ah, okay. A lot of the things that they see come from American movies. Okay. So was Twinkies from a zombie? Oh, what was that movie? No, no, it was not from Zombieland. Okay. And it was wasn't from Die Hard. He actually saw it from Wally. Okay. Where Wally opens up the Twinkie for the cockroach. Yeah. So he's um he wants to try and so I found him today and um, just a regular Twinkie. Just a regular no zingers, no anything. So basically he wants a regular Twinkie. If he doesn't find them, I'll take him one. I know where they are, some here in Charlotte. Cool. So Ignacy, thank you so much. Uh, you know, it was it was a joy having you here. It was uh he, he he went to bed before me. He's an old man. He went to bed before us. Really? I'm surprised. Well, he had things to do. He had to go oh. to, you know, had to go process and do all the stuff he has to do to, as a big CEO of a board game publishing company. I hear you. So that was it. You So you see, you didn't miss that much. Oh, I did. I did miss a lot. And I hate I missed it. And I hate I couldn't spend time with you guys. I at least would have got him. Oh, crits. I forgot. This will really make you jealous. You thought Brazil was something. Okay. I got to do the new Nirishima Hex Army Pirates. Oh, nice. Is, is that out yet? No, there's, it's still, it's printed, but it's not out. It won't be out until I think he said uh, Essen. Oh, okay. So how is Pirates? Is it good? So the base doesn't sit on the board. Oh. Oh. It moves around the board. It's a ship. That's cool. So you got to chase the ship down to do damage to it? Yes. Oh, that's cool. That's cool. And then they have harpoons, so they can put those on the outer edge. Yeah. And they can hit you and pull you in to do damage. Wow. Very interesting. But if you look at the board, the the ship, when it attacks, it it's, you know, sprays fire, but it, the center spot can never be hit from outside the board. Yeah, okay. So it's a safe spot for the, for the enemy. For the enemy or the headquarters. And that's ah, one of the yeah. strategies... So th- that opens up the board a lot. So you've got to deal with that. And they had the um, shotgun blast and all kinds of some very interesting army. And that's one thing, you know, um, Alex and I did. We sat there on my iPad and we're playing Nirishima and he was, you know, death- just destroying me. But that's okay. Such a good game. <laughs> it, it is a good game. Wow. A lot of stuff coming out. Brazil at Gen Con, Basilica at Essen, and the new Nirishima Hex faction pirates and you got to play all three very cool yeah maybe you'll get to do it hope so i've already talked about off about ignacy i'm not gonna talk anymore about ignacy that whole segment was the portal commercial i'm done i'm done talking about at gen con where he's gonna have that new game called brazil or Everybody Lies, that Batman detective game where you can solve all kinds of crime. And you know he's got to be working on something else, getting ready to come out along those lines. Be sure to go check it out at portalgamesus.com. Five-minute initiative begins in three, two. One fly a kite. What what movie is that from? I have no clue. That's from Mary Poppins. Okay, it's been a long time since I've seen Mary Poppins. The only thing I remember from Mary Poppins is 
Was it take some sugar, some medicine, put a little, a little medicine. spoonful? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah it makes the medicine go down or something yeah, like supercalifragilisticexpialidocious. So, what does all this have to do with anything? Well, it's, I have no idea. It's the intro to another game that we got to play called Kites by Kevin Hamano. Publisher is Floodgate Games. This is a fast plane. I'm talking, according to BGG, fast. fast. Ten minutes, baby. At the most. If you're lucky. But it is frantic. It is card playing. You are trying to keep kites in the air so that by the time the deck runs out, all the kites have stayed in the air, you win. Yeah, but how do you keep how do you keep a kite in the air? What, what's exactly going on on the table to do that? Well, you're going to play a kite. And when you do, you flip over an hourglass timer. It's not an hour. No. Mm-mm. But no. It, a sand timer. Let's call it a sand timer. So you flip over the purple sand timer, uh, play a purple kite, and you flip over the purple sand timer. The next person plays another one. So there's uh, orange and blue and red and yellow and purple. All these different sand timers represent each of the different colors of the kites. And like you said, when you play a card, you must flip over the sand timer of that color. Now, some cards have two colors on them. Both sand timers must be flipped. If a sand timer ever runs out, you immediately lose the game. You count how many cards are left in the deck in your hand, and then you your goal is to try to have every card played. But if a sand timer ever runs out, game is immediately over. But Tony, there is another sand timer. It's the white sand timer mm-hmm. that has a little twist to it. The white sand timer is one of those that's constantly running. And the only way that it can be flipped is to play a kite card of a single color. There is no white kite. So if I play a kite card of a single color, I can choose to either flip the color that the kite is or the white timer. The white timer is also interesting too, is once you draw through the deck, when the deck is empty, the white timer can no longer be flipped. So then you're frantically trying to play the cards as fast as you can before the white timer times out. Tony, the thing about this game is this this is a fast-moving game, and you're constantly talking to each other, explaining it's like, hey, somebody needs to flip the orange. It's getting ready to run out. Or somebody needs to flip the blue. It's getting ready to run out. But there's another twist, Tony, because not all the sand timers are the same length. I was getting ready to say that. They are different. There's different amount of sand in them. So one's running faster. One, so you've got to strategically think, okay, we know this one runs longer, so we need to hold off. So you got to be special. And you're like, okay, you need to do that. But wait, if you do, wait, don't, no, don't. And you're yelling at one another and playing cards. But if you master that, you can add additional cards into it. Which make it, which actually is a twist that makes it a little bit harder. There's expansion cards that come with the game. One's the storm card. If anybody ever plays that, draws that card, they have to play it. All the fly, all the timers must be flipped. And what must stink is, what about if a timer was just flipped and now it's going to run out quickly? Oh, yeah. So that's tough news. My favorite is airplane. An airplane flies over. What does that mean? That means you can't talk anymore because it's too noisy. It's too noisy. You can't hear anything. And communication is key to this game. And the last one is you cross lines. And at that, you somebody plays that card. Everybody must trade cards of people to their left and the right, which just makes it totally insane. What's interesting about this, Tony, too, is that we talked about the different length timers. Is The red timer is 30 seconds. The purple timer is 90. But what's interesting is there's fewer purple cards than Mm -hmm. any other color. 
So you have you want to play the purple card at the last possible second because there's not that many in the deck. I love how the there's variable length timers and variable number of cards per color, which just adds a whole strategic element to the game. And you got to remember to draw a card. That's what we were failing on. <laughs> yeah, after you play a card, you draw a card. But what's crazy, I played with uh, my family of five. Mm-hmm. When there's five people trying to reach across the table to grab cards and flip timers and timers get knocked over, it gets super frantic. But what we found out, tip, calmly talk to each other. If you just played a card, you be the one to maybe explain, hey, you might want to play an orange. Hey, you might want to play a blue. Hey, do you have, somebody says, I don't have a red to flip the card. I say, okay, just play one. I have a red. I'll flip mm-hmm. I, I'll flip it over. So communication is key in this game. I love this game. I think it's fun. easy to learn. It's fast to play. Uh, we play with three. I've played with five. I think it's good. With, and if you get good at it, you can throw in the harder cards to make it a tougher game. That is Kites from Floodgate Games, designed by Kevin Hamano. Five-minute initiative is complete. I can't keep track of all the miniature market sales, Marty. They're Dude, they're always every day. Hidden. It's multiple sales at the same time. I know. You got to be on their site. You got to be watching this stuff. New stuff. So here, here's a little tip, and I know I've said this before. Be sure when you're on the miniature market home site, go to the daily update drop down and just scroll through the list of their updates or make sure that when something's out of stock that you're interested in, not something that's been out of stock for a long time, like games that may be out of print, but be sure to turn on that notification bell. The other day I was looking for the insert for Sagrada so that Mm, I, so, so that I could pull that insert out and get get the new um, insert that they have over a miniature market so that it could take care of all the expansions for Sagrada and have a better organized box. As well as I'm also looking at, I'm tired of the boxes of the expansions for um, Wingspan. Love my Wingspan, but I need to put it all in one box. They have all those folded space inserts, but you gotta be quick. The one I was looking for Sagrada is already out of stock again. Don't. I know. I've got to turn the notification back on. Move quick. These are some of the best, lightest inserts. I have one for my Imperial Settlers box that allows me to be able to do all the sorting and everything. Doesn't add the heft to the box that other inserts may have. So once again, be sure to head over to miniaturemarket.com for all their sales, their accessories, the puzzles, the dice, the list goes on and on. Miniature Market, one-stop shop. I've been a big proponent of this miniature game from Games Workshop called Warcry. Why? Two reasons. One, it's a short game. Miniature games like 40K and Age of Sigmar can take hours. I want something short, concise, that I can get to the table. I want something that doesn't have a lot of models, and that's exactly what Warcry is. And a brand new core set is being released right now, so if you've never played Warcry... Now is a good time to do it because a new one is coming out. Warcry, Heart of Gur, G-H-U-R, which is basically a full starter set. Comes with board, comes with terrain, comes with two factions, comes with rules, cards, dice, everything that you need to play. Tony, I know that you still haven't played this game, but I think this is one that you would like because, yes, you got the standard fare. You got some stats on a card and you can move and attack. But what's nice is, is that your warband only consists of five to ten models. 
not a lot of painting, not a lot of assembly, and you can play different factions, which is really cool. But it's the dice mechanic that is so cool because at the beginning of the turn, you're going to roll six dice. And if you get multiples of the same number, those are used to activate abilities. So if you have doubles of a number or triples of a number or quadruples, when you activate your units, they all have special abilities that say, okay, for this unit to activate and use this ability, you need to have a triple, like three fives. And I spend that from my pool to activate that special ability. The dice mechanism is what's really unique. It's a really cool action selection. And after you roll the dice, you may feel like, man, that, that seems like very random, but you also get a wild die that on your turn, you could put to any side that you want. So you can turn a double into a triple, triple into a quad, or let's say you want to go first. Whoever has the most singles, the most single individual numbers of pips will actually get to go first. So it's how you take initiative. That is what's so really neat about the game. And when you take your turn, you activate a model. You can do one of four actions. You can move, attack, disengage, which means get away from somebody or just wait, pause and reactivate later on. It's that straightforward. Plays in 60 minutes. Uh, another one of the cool things too is it's not just destroy each other. Uh, what you do is when you set up a board, you have four decks you're going to randomly deal one card from a deck that tells you where to put terrain on the board, randomly deal a card from the deck to tell you where your units will enter in from. You split your units into three different parties. Another one that tells you the victory condition. So it changes every time. It could be get objectives. It could be kill the leader. And the fourth is the wild card. It's something that's unique that makes every game feel a little bit different that applies to everybody on the board. So every time you play the game, it is totally different. This core system is the way to get into it. And what's cool is, let's say, Marty, I already got Warcry. Why do I need this? Well, what you want to get is there's a compendium coming out, which updates all the stats of the previous releases because they've tweaked the rules a little bit. It's been out a while. And one of the best things they added is reactions. They've never had the ability for, if you attack me, there's nothing I can do but take it. But now you have reaction abilities where you can spend those dice, which I was mentioned before, that maybe when you attack me, I might can do some damage back to you. And that was always one of the things. When we played War Machine, it was like, okay, you just decimated my whole troop. You know, and I had, how can I not hit you back or something? Right. And now, so now you have the option to do something like that. And that rule is uh, brand new. So at the time of this recording, pre-orders are up for the core set. Uh, the compendium may be coming out later. There's a couple new armies that's in this core set. Uh, still, I need to sit down and, and get this to the table with you because I really think this is the one miniature game where you would feel like, okay, I'll play this because the barrier to entry is so, so low. Do I need a four by four table? Oh yeah. In fact, you could play on a coffee table. It's like almost like a regular size game board. Okay. Yeah. It's not, it's not, you don't even need a terrain. Or, I mean, so you play on a board and you ah. set the terrain on the board. Okay. You still use a tape measure to move, so it's not grid-based. Mm. But other than that, uh, everything's just self-contained within a single board. So I'm using a tape measure, and this takes how long to play? One hour or less. But I'm using a tape measure. Yep. Better be moving that tape measure fast. Again, you're only talking five to ten models per side. There's not a lot of stuff on the board. I'm just giving yeah. you a heart. Oh, play. and you play three rounds. It doesn't go on infinitely. Oh, well, you got to sit on this command post forever. After each round, it depends on the objective. After each round, it may say, hey, you get a point if you have this objective. And after three rounds, whoever has the most points wins. Yeah. I enjoyed the miniatures. I enjoyed them. 
Well, uh, speaking of which, remember the game that we kind of got into with miniatures was War Machine? Oh, yeah, my trolls. Yeah. Trolls were, you played the trolls. I played uh, the. The blue guy. Protectorate. The Protectorate of Menoff. Mm. We played what's called the Mark II, Mark II rules when we really got into it. We got a lot of our friends into it. We were going to tournaments mm-hmm. and uh, doing a lot of different. I mean, we were playing a lot of that game. And then Mark III came out. The Mark III rules, which were not very well received at all. They tweaked a lot of rules and it kind of died. You know, back then, uh, War Machine and Hordes was up there with 40K because 40K wasn't very popular back mm-hmm. then. They had tweaked the rules on that. And remember, your local game store had a huge wall of War Machine mm-hmm. and very little 40K. The year that Mark III came out, a new version of War 40K came out that went back to the rules that people loved. And your local game store said pretty much their huge wall of War Machine shrunk to nothing. And they gave out all that additional space to 40K and War Machine never came back. Mm-hmm. Just today, they announced that War Machine Mark IV, an update to the rules are coming out. And I think they've decided we can't really compete with Games Workshop. They're just too big. So we're going to take a whole different type of system. Uh, what they're going to do is Remember all mainly the war machines were metal models. Mm-hmm. Games Workshop has got away from that. They've got super nice models that are cast in plastic. Privateer Press is going with 3D printing. Oh, okay. They have these high-tech 3D printers that's going to print out the models. So there's no mold injection. That's saving the money because they're not having to produce this in China. These 3D printers can now be established in different areas of the world. So instead of making something and shipping it across the ocean... It can just be printed over there. So maybe in Europe, there's a place they print and ship from that distribution center, these 3D models. So no more metal, 3D printing, no more books, free app, free PDFs of all the rules and all the stats. So now they don't have to print the books either. So all they're doing is making the money off the models. That's it. Okay. And I don't have to get my little um, two-part epoxy to mold around it and or I could saw off an arm and adjust an arm and put it on a different way and things like that. So another thing they're doing, because they're doing 3D printing, mm. what they can now do is they can make voids or holes inside the models. The war jacks are going to be totally modular. Okay. When you buy a war jack, which is like the big robot type things, mm-hmm. the arms, heads, and everything are detachable. They give you the magnets you just glue the magnet into the body cavity and you can switch out weapons oh. on your model. Remember, we used to have to drill into the metal mm-hmm. if you wanted to magnetize and stuff. All that's gone. They just have a little cavity where you can seat a magnet in the arm and the chassis and make it totally modular. They're reducing the number of SKUs. You've got a core set and a couple expansions and that's it starting out for the next year. So it's not hundreds of new models. They're going to support old models, but they're calling that unlimited. They said, really, what we want to do is if you want to play unlimited, we're going to provide you a way to do it. But this is really for you want to get back into the game. This is for new players. Go buy this core set. The rules are online. The app is online for building your uh, armies and everything. And you can just go to town, have a good time. They're merging the hordes factions with War Machine. So it's no longer War Machine and hordes. They'll be merged together just under the War Machine umbrella, which I kind of like too. So it'll be interesting to see what they do about the battles and from the standpoint of time. Because we just said 60 minutes is my sweet point as I'm old, but now I don't want to spend four hours doing a battle. 
So it'll be interesting how that will work out. So they have three modes of games. They have a 50-point game, a 75-point game, and a 100-point, and that's it. So the short game is your 50-point game. So that um, when you say points for those, it's models have various points, and that's how you put your army together. Yes. Yep. And uh, so there's a lot of other things going on. They just kind of teased it today. Tomorrow, they're coming out with the beta rules. But they're going to preview the models at Gen Con next week. So I want to go over there and check them out, and we can see how good the 3D models are. Mm -hmm. To be honest with you, if they're good... I would love to at least buy a core set just to try it again. Okay. Well, it'll be interesting to see is if they also sell the model renders so that you could print out your own at a certain price. Man, I don't, they did not mention that. I thought about that too. I mm -hmm. thought about them. I mean, it's the not good for them, but I mean, if, I mean, okay. Yeah. It's, if, here's the thing. If they're not making the money any other way besides selling models, I doubt that they would do that. Yeah, more maybe they would do some renders for the accessories. And when I say accessories, like additional arms, things like that, but not the uh, bodies, you know? I don't yeah. know. I mean, there's ways that they can go. You and I can't solve it for them. They know what their business model is. So it'll be interesting to see where they go with this 3D because, you know, you should have a 3D printer, so you do some 3D printing for me. But I assume these are going to be really high-end 3D printing. So I want to see what kind of detail they can mm -hmm. get with it. No, mo no mold lines. So there's not a lot of cleanup on a model anymore. There's not a lot of little pieces because if it's 3D printed, you don't have these little pieces that have to be glued together. They've already shown the assembly of how one of the, the jacks is. It's basically a chassis, two arms, a head, and two legs that are all magnetized. And then it's up and running, good to go. So assembly should be a lot quicker too. Wow. I remember the days of getting out the drumroll at the drill bit and drilling through them and then wiring them up together so that they would all hold yep. together and putting the wires in them and... Oh, that was the fun times. Yep. But I had a lot of time back then. They're tweaking some of the rules and everything. So um, again, the beta rules are going to be coming out. So I want to see how the, the rules are tweaked. One thing I always loved about the game, I love the resource management. I love the idea of allocating focus at the beginning of your turn so that you spend focus on your jacks in order to do special abilities. Or you played the hordes, which is the concept of fury. Mm-hmm. Uh, where you can force your animals to do things and spend fury in order to get them to do abilities. I was cleaning out my office the other day and I found my War Machine RPG book. Iron Kingdoms. Mm -hmm. Here's the thing. I love that world. I think that yeah. world is really interesting. Yeah, I did too. So I was just like, hey, well, this is good. Well, hey, I can always get new models now. Then maybe at yeah. a different price point. Who knows? So I'm excited. War Cry, my favorite skirmish game because it plays in such a short time but i'm very curious to see where war machine goes next year i mean they're going to have the first armies and core sets available this fall so it's going to be turning around pretty quick and i even here locally i noticed that there's a, a charlotte war machine group that i used to be a part of that i guess i still am on facebook all of a sudden came to life today it's like y'all it's coming back because i honestly thought it was dead mm -hmm. we've seen nothing from war machine in years yeah well, good for them. And we'll, like you said, Gen Con, here we come. Speaking of which, we have a lot of things to check out. Uh, don't forget, next episode, we'll have our big Gen Con overview of everything that we saw. Hey, maybe we'll have gone by the Privateer Press booth and check out the models to see what they look like. All right. So, you know, I recently received in the mail via trade a, a new coin game. Sure. So excited about that, man. Which one is it? It's uh, Falling Skies, uh, the Gaelic one. You, yes. you would ask me that. You threw me off there. So you're the one that brought it up. I know, but so I, I was just you would know. 
So I'm going to take some of our, um, I'm going to have to go do uh, panhandling at um, Old Spaghetti Factory where we need to be able to get clippers so I can clip some chits. See how that's going. So over there on BGG, if you haven't been to the guild in a while, everybody, please go sign up. I would really like it if I could, you know, push our numbers a little bit from that standpoint. Also, I've started the polls again. Mm. And one of the interesting polls I did is, you know, well, what time do you go to bed? Yep. And the follow-up was, well, what time do you get up? Sure. We got some farmers in our guild. I'm one of them. I like to get to work early so I can get home early. Did you say 5 a.m.? I said 5 a.m. That's crazy talk. And then I walk out the door around 5.45 so I can leave the office around 2.30. But other people aren't. So you need to be there for the employees. We have a very flexible schedule and we have employees that don't need their hands held. You design software for hearts. Yes. Okay. I'm not getting a warm fuzzy here. I need leadership. <laughs> I, I trust them. I know what they're doing. We're heavily regulated. They can't screw up that much without getting caught somewhere. Oh, yeah. Somewhere. On the yeah. table. On the freaking table. I mean, somebody, you know, somebody passes. We'll deal with it, you know? Golly. <laughs> That's never happened, by the way. It's a joke. That's never. We've never lost a patient. We've well, come close. Oh, but that wasn't a software fault. It was a mechanical failure. So it was totally different. I'm not feeling warm and fuzzy here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So go join our guild. The polls are up again. They're fun. Make sure to join our discord channel. where We have a lot of great discussions. Y'all make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel as we're going to start putting out these monthly or so episodes where you can see these short discussions that we have. And you can either listen to the audio or see the video version. But most importantly, keep rolling dice and taking names. Hey, y'all. Thanks for listening. Hopefully we'll see you at Gen Con. And if not, come back next episode and we'll tell you all about our dealings and experiences at Gen Con. What is it they say in the hillbillies? Y'all come back now. You hear? Hey, Nasi. If you're listening, sorry, you got to come back to North Carolina. I got to get you grits. No. You have one job, grits. No. Show you how, yes, we'll, Vanessa makes some of the best grits, some nice creamy grits with some milk and some butter and some cheese. Mwah. You'll love it. Yeah.